0: Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Dave Kovar. I'm your host. And the title of today's podcast is something near and dear to my heart. It's analyzing your belief system. You see, we all have a series of mindsets or beliefs about how the world works and how we work in it. And some of our beliefs are powerful and they serve us well and others not so much. And the bottom line is most of our beliefs, we didn't pick them right? We didn't choose them. They choose us. We got them from the education we received or the experiences we had or the environment we raised in. And what's, I think, important for us to understand is it's never too late to really analyze your belief system and, and what beliefs you have about yourself and about your relationships with others and what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and which ones serve you well. And which ones, not so much. And which ones do you want to modify? And what I want to do is I want to start, I'm going to go through a list of beliefs that I have that I believe are positive beliefs, okay, empowering beliefs, that I actually can trace where they came from. And they were interacting with others. So uh, I'm going to go through a bunch of these that happened, most of them as kids, that helped shape my, some of my my powerful beliefs, and then I'm going to go through a series of ones where I'm going to go through some of my limiting beliefs and and where they came from, and what I can do to overcome them. And then finally, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss how we can help to minimize the limiting beliefs of the people in our lives by our actions and things that we say and do. So to begin with. Um, let me go through some of the beliefs that I have about myself that are powerful, that have served me well. And this is kind of in no order. I'm not necessarily going to do it in chronological order, but um, the first one would be uh, Mr. O'Brien. Mr. O'Brien was my fifth grade teacher. And I remember one time in particular, we were out on the uh, the playground for PE and we were doing pull-ups. Now I never in my life ever remember doing pull-ups before that day. However, I ended up doing uh 11 pull-ups and by the way I was class champion just so you're clear on that right uh, and and uh, and when I got done with that which is you know, pretty good for a 10-year-old right to be you know to be sure uh, I was a pretty young athletic kid and so you know I did fine with that I was lighter and smaller than the other kids and, and so I didn't have as much weight to lift and anyway but he looked at me one time and he said Dave you're built for pull-ups I never forgot that, and to this day, if when I see a pull-up bar, I kind of think to myself, "I own you." As a matter of fact, on my fifty-fifth birthday, I did thirty-seven pull-ups. By the way, I looking at the video, they were a little sloppier than I thought, you know. But in one set, right? So to this day, I can still do uh, a lot of pull-ups. Now can I do a lot of pull-ups because I'm built that way or because it's what Mr. O'Brien said in fifth grade? Well, chances are, you know, genetically, I maybe am designed for a decent level of pull-ups, but I'll tell you what, that statement really, really, really just kind of stuck a fire in me, really, really got me on that quest that that's something that I have believed my whole life. Uh, then another example would be a year later when Mrs. Austin, who was my sixth grade teacher, told me after giving a book report, she looked at me and one time she said, Dave, you have great comprehension. I, I can't even say what the book was, but uh, I do remember that she told me what great comprehension I have. And to this day, if I read a book and five other people read a book, I'm convinced I understand it better than anybody else. Why? Because Mrs. Austin said I had good comprehension. Now, the reality is, who knows if I have, I probably have average comprehension. But that belief uh, that I have good comprehension has got me, what, much more excited about reading, I guess, than I would have otherwise. Um, so my brother, one time, when I was a kid, told me something. He goes, you know, Dave, actually, I was a, a teenager uh, about this time. And my older brother, Tim, is six years old than me. He goes, you know, you always land on your feet. You always land on your feet i can 't remember what happened, but there was something going on in school and it, and it looked kind of rough, and somehow I managed to kind of skate through the situation and, and, you know and basically without any issues and and so that always when when challenges come my way as a matter of fact, I even have a line sometimes slip never fall that i 've told myself when i 'm literally by the way a landing on your feet can literally be almost falling in knots or it can be something more dramatic but but anytime I find myself like you know, I, I almost slip, and I don't. That pops into my head that that statement. And what does that do? That just it just allows me to be a little more congruent with my actions, right? Um, I had uh, uh, one of my now. I'm a little older now. I've had a martial arts school for a couple of years. I'm about 20 years old, and uh, we're doing this demonstration. And it's at this it's at the North Highlands Civic Center. And it, it, what happened was, is that uh, a couple of the students that were supposed to do a, help out with a demo didn't show up and I had to improvise and it happened to work out okay. And, and I ended up improvising a little bit that evening on several different occasions. And one of my uh, students, remember I'm about, you know, I'm about 20 years old now, right? He was an old man of probably 30. His name was Dave Maldonado. And he was kind of like, you know, one of my mentor, he was a student, but he also kind of advised me on stuff. And he goes, you know, Dave, you perform well under pressure. I was so amazed at how you adjusted. You really perform well under pressure. And I can't tell you how many times that voice has popped into my head. Like, uh, some things scare me, but getting up in front of a group of people and speaking doesn't scare me at all. In the back of my mind, I, I, my belief is I perform well under pressure. And uh, it's, it's happened enough in my life now to where you know it, it's something I'm completely congruent with. So a few years before that, my martial arts instructor, Hunchy Bruce Jutnik, uh, he never gave me any compliments, but I remember one time I was probably 14 or 15 and, and my dad came to pick me up and I was around the corner so my dad didn't see me and Bruce didn't see me and and these were back in the days and like like I didn't really want my dad going into the martial arts school because it wasn't really run really professionally there's a lot of stuff that probably wasn't right there and I didn't really want him to see everything that was going on or or maybe he wouldn't want to allow me to train and I was so committed to the program I didn't want to have there be any issues and so he didn't get in much but uh, anyway he came in and he asked Oh, so, how's Dave going how's Dave doing and uh <laughs> Bruce stopped and he looked at him and he said, Dave's a tiger. He is a real tiger. He's going to be really good at this. And I'll tell you what, I didn't know, you know, I loved this martial arts, but I didn't know if I was going to be any good at it. But this is my instructor telling my father that I was going to be really good at that. And that conversation, that third hard, that, that third hand compliment that I overheard propelled me through lots of times when, man, I didn't feel like training or I was starting to lose interest. But that thought popped back into my head. uh, uh and so I could go on and on and on, but that would be a sample of of, of, of beliefs that I have uh, that, that have served me well that I can actually trace, right? Now, the, here's the flip side. I'm going to give you a couple of limiting beliefs that i have still working hard to overcome. Uh, I went to, to high school with a kid. We'll, we'll just call him, just to protect the names, we'll call him Bob, okay? Because actually, I didn't go to high school with anybody named Bob. But Bob was the overachiever in our class, and I went to a small high school. And uh, he told me one time, you know, Dave, you're you're never gonna amount to anything. You goof off too much. You literally, you're never gonna amount to anything, man. And I remember. Uh, I always had a, a relatively. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if I. I was never diagnosed with ADHD, but you know, I, I joke that I have that, and I, chances are I might because my attention span was never that great in school. Uh, but when I started college and I had a couple rough classes, I actually dropped out of classes, and part of the reason is I heard this guy's voice in the back of my head. I heard his voice. And the flip side is later on, I actually use that as motivation. When I first opened up my school, uh, as the, I'm gonna, I was going to show him, which by the way works. It's not always uh, uh, the best way to get motivated, but it certainly can be effective. Uh, another one, and this is one you may have heard before, and it's about Coach Corsi. Coach Corsi was my baseball coach when I was in fifth or sixth grade. And he told me one time at the end of the season, he said, Dave, you know, and by the way, he didn't mean to traumatize me. Okay. But he told me, you're not very good at team sports. You seem to excel better in individual sports. Now, so, you know, I was, when he told me that, it was like, oh, I looked up to this guy. I respected him. And so I didn't go home and cry. I just kind of went, oh, okay, I guess I'm not going to do team sports. I just took his word as the truth. And that was the last time I ever tried out for any team sports. What did I do? I ended up wrestling, and which I guess is a team sport, but you get the difference, right? And skiing and, of course, karate and martial arts. And it served me okay. However, it wasn't until I was in my 20s. That I started doing some like sandlot, you know, uh, volleyball and soccer. That I realized actually I was pretty good at team sports and I could do it. But that was a limiting belief that it, that it held me back dramatically. And so I share these with you because I'll give you one more. My Spanish teacher one time told me when I was having a hard time learning a phrase, he just kind of, she just kind of shook her head and she goes, "Dave, you really don't get it, do you?" I'll never forget that. I can I can see that as clear as day in her saying that. Like, basically, I don't think she meant to let that slip out of her mouth. I think it just did. Maybe she was having a rough day. But I'll tell you what, I, I that, that was when I kind of checked out of Spanish. Like, I've made a few a feeble attempts to, to, to learn since, and I'm sure I'm, 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 I could do it. However, that 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 statement of someone I looked up to and respected really had a negative effect on me. So chances are uh, you've had similar experiences. Uh, experiences that also have shaped your belief system. Now, the key thing is, is that which ones don't serve you well, right? The ones that serve you well, you guard those, but the ones that don't serve you well, what can you do to, to overcome those? And I want to give you a couple pointers. Okay. So the first thing is you got to identify what your limiting beliefs are, right? And, and sometimes that's, that, that's tricky, right? But let's just say that, that my limiting belief is that I'm not a good team player. Okay, so that's step number one. And now the next thing to do is, is I've got to think about what it'll cost me, what that belief might cost me going forward. Because this is really important because if I'm, not, if I'm not really looking at the big picture, like, all right, if I have this belief, what's it going to keep me from doing in the future? Then what happens, I don't have enough leverage to want to change and I'll just deal with it. Okay, so I've identified it and now I try to really make it as clear as possible how this is going to affect me in a negative way. right. That's step number two. Step number three is then, then now I have to go back through and I have to find times in my life when that statement wasn't true. Okay. So once again, let's go back to thinking about, man, I was a terrible team player Then I got to go back and think of all the times that I've successfully done well on a team. And that may not just be a a sports team, right? Like might be a, uh, you know, my my business might be a team, right? And if I do that, all of a sudden, I can think of all kinds of times when I'll be able to contribute successfully and be a part of a successful team. And then I got to tr- find ways to reinforce that in an ongoing fashion, right? So I got to look for that because otherwise, what I'll do is I'm gonna I'm gonna by default I'm gonna look for my limiting belief. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to look that to make that come true. Uh, and so, if you do this, it takes some work. But let me tell you what it can have a massive effect. Now switching gears, the next thing I want to talk about is 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 how can we make sure that the people around us? How can we empower them to uh, have the minimal uh, minimum amount of limiting beliefs of their own? And one of the things, and of course, I'm talking about uh, you know your your maybe people that work with you, maybe your kids. For me, I'm a martial arts instructor, so I'm working with people all the time, right? And one of the things that I think is important is is as someone that's going to be an influencer of others, is that first off, you know, like as a martial arts instructor, I believe people should respect us, right? But I think they also need to like us. And when someone likes and respects us, they're more receptive to our input. And that puts us in a really important position. And the first thing we have to do is understand that it's never our job to tell someone what they can't do? Like, who are we to say, you'll never be able to do that? How many times have we been told that? Now, by the way, sometimes... Uh, you know, we'll hear that and we'll go, oh, really? And we'll prove the opposite. But you know, sometimes when people don't have a very strong self-image or they're younger and they haven't really developed their self-image, and if you tell them you're not going to be able to do that, then they're just going to take your word for it, not even try, right? And so that's why I think as far as being a teacher goes, there's, I'm going to share a quote. It goes like this. I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. I'm going to say that again. I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. What does that mean? It means this My teacher thinks I can do it. I guess I can do it. If my parent believes in me, I guess I'm okay. And so that's the first thing. And the people in your circle do the best you can to believe in their potential, especially your children, especially your students. and and if we can do that, what happens is, and we can also take small opportunities to inspire them to get to get to the next level. Like for example, I remember one time a kid walking up, and he was a, a little brother of a student I had. And this was years ago, and this this kind of thing has happened to me. A dozens of times through the years but this particular one incident, incidents this kid tugs on my this young boy tugs on my pant leg in between classes and I look over and he goes Mr. Kovar and he drew drew me a picture it was a picture of me in my martial arts uniform with my colors and I was doing a kick and and if you're a martial arts instructor listening to this you've gotten one of these before maybe lots and I remember just taking a moment and it'd be really easy to go, oh thanks kid that was nice but I remember taking a moment and look at him going wow Man, you keep this up. You're going to be a really good artist if you keep practicing like this. Thank you so much. That little moment. Now, most of the time we might not remember that, but that might be the turning point for them, right? Is when we, we believe in their potential, right? That, that could be it. That's, that's that time that can really make a big difference. So look for opportunities to do this. I want to share a couple of uh, examples of, of times where uh, I had to force this belief system on someone that I was working with that I didn't think had potential, And one of them was a boy named TJ and TJ uh, started with me when he was about five years old and his family had just relocated from India and both his mom and his father, mother and father were both doctors and TJ was this really sweet young boy but he was the most uncoordinated kid i'd ever seen it wasn't that he didn't pay attention he just literally didn't know his left from his right he literally couldn't left from his right excuse me he literally couldn't chew gum uh you know and walk at the same time i mean he was he was really Uh, I had a hard time working with him. Right after his first class, uh, my older brother, Tim, was the the program director at the time. And he walks up with the dad and dad's all excited. He goes, well, how do you do? Do you think you'll be a black belt someday? This is his dad speaking. And I I thought to myself, this kid's never even going to get his yellow belt. He's the most unaccordinated kid I've ever ever seen. But I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to disappoint him. So I said, yeah, with some hard work, I think he can get there someday. And the father, man, he was all excited. And they shook hands and they left him. Man, that night, I just didn't sleep. I felt like I'd sold out. I was like nauseous. How dare I tell somebody something that's so untrue? And I shared this with my older brother, Tim. And he looked at me and goes, well, Dave, prove them wrong. Prove yourself wrong. Just see what you can do. What, what, the only thing we can do is just give them your best effort and see what happens. So what did I do? I poured, I should put an extra effort into every student, but you don't always do that. But I poured a little extra effort into TJ. And over time, guess what happened? You already know where I'm going with the story. TJ got better, and it took him longer than normal, but about seven years later, guess who tested for their junior black belt, and guess who ended up being a really solid martial arts student? TJ. Now... Uh, what happened was, is I had to make a conscious effort to believe in him because, uh you know, it, it, at my at first sight was to write him off. Another example would be a gentleman named Joe Hamill. Joe Hamill started training with me when he was fifty three years old, and man, I remember even when I say that now, it still sounds old. However, at sixty one now, it doesn't seem so old. But at the time, I thought he was ancient, right? And he came in and he told me he was literally shaking. He was so nervous, and he said, "Mr. colvar I've wanted to do martial arts since I was 14 years old, literally his whole life, but he'd never got around to doing it. Now he was a concert pianist and a college professor. And so the good news about that is his body wasn't beat up. He didn't have a bunch of injuries from football or skiing. He'd never basically done anything physical in his whole life besides walk. Right? So he was in relatively okay shape. He wasn't in bad shape. Uh, but he was so uncoordinated. And this was another example of someone I just, I was thinking, oh man, how's what's this guy going to do? How's he going to get through this? But guess what? You know, I, I did my best to believe in him and he ended up training with us until he was 70 years old and retired, moved away and ended up getting his third degree black belt. And here's the, the irony was he was a darn good martial artist and not for a seven-year-old guy that was that started when he was 53, just period. And part of the reason was, is that he had no pre- preconceived ideas. Like most, a lot of guys, when they come in, they, they boxed with their buddy in the backyard or they took six months of martial arts at the YMCA and they developed some bad habits or something like that, but not this guy. He was all, you know, open and receptive, admitted his, didn't know him anything and was ready to learn and then poured his spirit into it. On top of that, his body wasn't beat up from a lifetime of athletics, so he didn't have a lot of injuries to overcome and he ended up being remarkable. Anyway, so back to, your, back to where we are. Just in wrapping, this is what I would challenge you to do. Number Number one is go out of your way to not put limiting beliefs in the heads of the people around you. Believe in their potential. And if you're not sure, sometimes just shut up. If you think that's, they're never going to make it, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to say that, okay. Uh, and then number two, of course, there's exceptions to that. You know, if somebody wants to be a jockey and they weigh three hundred pounds, that might be something you bring up, right? There's going to be some exceptions, but all in all, we never know. And inherent in someone's belief to be able to do something, something I believe is the ability to do that. Uh, and and then number two is to. Uh, to challenge, look at your, uh, analyze your belief system right now, and which beliefs about the world are powerful and serve you well, and which ones ah could you retake a look at and listen to that self talk, like in that voice is oh I'll never be able to do that or I'm no good at that. Boom, take a second, go hmm, where did that come from, and what can I do? Is it actually true, and is that is that belief powerful, and and if not, with time you can improve and it's amazing you're it's never too old you're never too old to to improve and you know once we stop trying to become better we quit being good so with that said i want to wrap it up i appreciate you being here by the way um on september 20th 2020 i'm doing a seven week step up program and uh, this is where we're going to take the martial arts mastery mindsets and we're going to put them to work over the seven week workshop and and i strongly encourage you to if you uh, have such an interest if you enjoyed the podcasts, uh, i would encourage you to to go to uh slash events and register for this it's going to be a life-changing event i promise you take care bye-bye